let's move on because we got a lot to talk about and we, we're quite a ways into this. This will probably be broken up in two episodes. So that means uh, episode 350 will be uh, uh, a second part. And we're going to call that the I Need About 350 episode. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a thing. I Need About 350. We've been that joke for six goddamn years and here we are, Gables. We're finally here. <laughs> we're finally fucking here. The Need About 350 episode. Um, but, um, oh man, there's so much. Fuck, we have a lot of news. We got to fly through some of this shit. All right, uh, fuck. Let's bullet talk about the delays. Time. What? <laughs> it's like bullet point time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what's up with what's up with the, the delays. There's been a lot of delays happening. Um, so Final Fantasy VII got delayed from oh, was it March like early March to April 10th, so about a four or five week delay. Uh, Avengers got delayed from May 4th to September or May, May uh, is in May, early May to September September 4th. Cyberpunk got delayed from April to September 27th, and Iron Man got delayed. Iron Man VR got delayed from um, February 28th to May 15th. Um, I don't. Know, where, any of these heartbreaking to you? Where are you at with these gables? Let's see. Heartbreaking. Actually, the one for Cyberpunk is kind of heartbreaking because it's like it's so. It's like yeah, they had an April release date, but they wanted to do a lot of quality control in terms of like last minute touch ups and stuff, which I'm. Entirely content and stuff, but at the same time, it's like, oh god, May, June, July, August. It's like a, it's like a five month freaking period in terms of waiting for like this stuff to just get uh, filtered and stuff. Basically, this is a type of delay that used to happen for certain games back around maybe 10, 15 years ago, where they do these delays just to do like quality testing and this and mm-hmm. that. They're just trying to make sure that day one they don't have all these massive glitches and all these other random crap that other games are plagued with when they launch day one. But uh, other than that, I'm kind of happy that quite a few of these games have delayed, like especially for Final Fantasy VII Remake, because, hey, God, ain't no way I'm going to be playing that game in March. Yeah. Um, you know, Final Fantasy VII, not a big deal to me. I don't, I'm not, not planning on playing that game anytime soon. But, you know, at this point, like, it's a game people have been wanting forever. It got announced in 2016, I want to say. 2015? Yeah. One of those 2E3s. So, uh, to wait five more weeks, not a major ordeal. Uh, it's a little concerning because you're going in from, you know, because the fiscal year for a lot of companies ends on, on at the end of March. So, that's kind of a big deal where it's like this game is going from being, like, this game is going to make us a shit ton of money in March for the end of the fiscal year. Now we're going to have to wait till next fiscal year to make the, see the money on this. So that's a big drop for wow. them. Yeah. That, so that, that's a little concerning because that tells me that this game, there's probably a lot going on with this game that we don't know about. Um, Avengers, that's that was a little dicey for me because that's going to be one of those, like it's a Destiny style game where it's one of those, um, you know, it's an ongoing game. It's like, you know, it, it, there's they're constantly adding shit to it, like Division. Thing. They're constantly adding to it. So... Um, I was a game I was, I was kind of looking forward to the E3 where like I think everybody was pretty disappointed when we saw when we finally saw that game. It's like, oh, this looks not great. But they've kind of redeemed themselves lately with some of the stuff they've shown off, but still a little dicey because it's fair to games like this where it's fair to like be like a little like like okay like you're, you're like you're hesitant on like being excited for these games and thinking they'd be good. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's it's. I'm 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 holding out hope that this is gonna be okay, but we don't know. Um, and also, like maybe at this point they're better off like assuming the the new consoles are coming out in November, like that's one of those games that's better off being delayed to maybe being a launch title or like True. early 2021 title. Or like 
This game is going to be ongoing forever. And I know like Destiny 1 came out on all four consoles when it first came out. But it's like it pretty much got dropped after a year and a half or so on the old consoles. Yeah. Like, unless they plan on doing something where like, like we did saw last generation where it's like, hey, if you buy Madden or Call of Duty or Battlefield digitally on your PS3 and Xbox 360, for ten dollars more you can you know, you can upgrade to the PS4 and Xbox One models. Like I, I'm hoping that's a thing that come that's going to happen um, this generation. But um, like maybe if they did some of that with Avengers, that'd be great. But I like that game like. I'm assuming they're going to be released on the new consoles eventually, but it's like, unless they find a way where like you can pay, you can play like you can bring your characters over to the PS five consoles or there's gotta be something there where they can tie it in together where like you're getting the new model, but also you're not losing your, your progress. Um, Cause otherwise I feel like the game is going to be dead within a year um, easily, despite having the event, the Marvel's Avengers tie in um, Iron Man VR. That's kind of sucks. I, I'm actually like, you know, I have a PSVR. I always want something great to play for it. That game looked like it'd be kind of fun. I was actually one of the games I was thinking about pre-ordering, but it's like fucking, I think it's like 40 bucks or 60 bucks. <laughs> so that's the one downside. Like there's a lot, there's some cool looking stuff on the VR, but they always, because you know, you got to pay, it's kind of like there's a switch tax. There's also a VR tax. Um, I'm like, yeah, that could be a cool experience, but it's also like, it's not cheap either uh, experience. So um, I'm going to wait and see. Uh, that obviously, delays are never a bad thing. In the end, it's always like there's a the Miyamoto switch, uh, Miyamoto um, uh, quote that always goes around every time you hear about a big delay. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know, it's never a bad thing, but I, I'm, I'm curious what people say about that. Cyberpunk was the one that really hit, that like it was a punch in the gut. Because um, like what the Final Fantasy VII came out, and then literally the next day Avengers came out, and it was like those joking around like everybody's like, oh, Avengers is probably like happy they got away from Cyberpunk. And then literally the next, like a day or two later, fucking Cyberpunk delays to the next <laughs> same month as fucking Avengers. Like they can't catch a break uh, with that game. Uh, that was that really hurt. Um, but you know, like hey, it's probably a good thing we waited. That game was announced in like 2012 or 2013, um, and they're they're known for fucking delaying their goddamn games 17 times. So if this is it, whatever, that's fine. Right. Um, my one concern is Gables, and I'm really, I'm really concerned. I'm really scared. Because remember the the day all these uh, that week that all these games got account done. It was all, all these were announced in one, the same fucking week of delays. Um, my concern was there was a there was a, a Doom Eternal trailer that came out that day, like yeah. in that week, and I was just like, oh fuck, they're delaying Doom again. And then <laughs> I was like, oh no, I, like, I was gonna be heartbroken, but it's not. But Gables, oh. I'm still scared. Oh yeah, of course, right? I, I am scared about it being a fucking... disappointment. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Doom Eternal is gonna be fantastic. I'm worried that we're gonna get delayed again, and I don't know oh, if my little no. heart can take it. Because <laughs> there's like we talked about 2020 is a weird year where like I feel like a lot of people are holding their like those cards. Like 2019 was a weird year where it's like a lot of games that came out were like eh, they're okay yeah. games. There wasn't a lot of great games. We've been spoiled the last few years. 2020, we're going into it with not knowing a whole hell of a lot. As far as, like yep. the first half of the year is pretty, there's some pretty big titles, but like we don't know a lot about like what's happening later in the year. There's a lot. It feels like there's a lot of shit that we don't know about that's coming this year, and I feel like a lot has to do with the new consoles. So um, I don't know. It's just I was I'm scared cables that it's gonna get delayed, and I don't know if I can take it. Oh, this thing's not gonna get delayed, dude. It's I hope gonna not. be coming out on time. It's like March. Yeah, it's gonna get delayed if, once, but if it, yeah. dude, if it gets delayed and stuff, and I have only Animal Crossing to play for March, I mean that's gonna be disappointing for me. 
Yeah. It's, it's kind of sucks. So you think about the first quarter of the year, kind of shitty. Not a lot. We got like Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And I think that's about it. it. What? That's pretty much it for right now for January. From January's perspective, the, there wasn't too many big games released in January. It's starting to feel like the beginning part of this year is definitely the last year of like a major release push and stuff by the PS4 and the Xbox One. But, man, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, if Doom Eternal does happen to get delayed, I'm not saying that it will. It probably will release on time inside March. Mm-hmm. I have that, and also I have Animal Crossing for Switch. So it's like, man, you know, that's... Oh, God. Oh, man, I could just... Dude, I could visualize this in my mind. You know, after just some glorious going through, like, just glorious missions and stuff at Doom Eternal, all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, I need to pick me up and all of a sudden just play a little bit of Animal Crossing. <laughs> I don't... No, no. If, if Animal Crossing is the only thing coming out March 20th, I will eat my goddamn shorts. <laughs> There's no other possible way, uh, anything else I can do. Like this is this will be a fucking disaster. I will be disappointed. Like I, but can we talk about that fucking goddamn beautiful Nintendo Switch they just announced? Oh yeah, okay. I want I want to talk about this. So this is gonna be our next. We're gonna we're gonna transition over to the next topic here. So Nintendo announced there's gonna be no Nintendo new new Switch coming out this year, and then yeah. literally the same fucking day they announced the most beautiful thing we've ever seen in our entire lives, the Animal Crossing Nintendo Switch. Oh my god, I know, right? Is it now like we, we always talk like this is something we go on to. It's a, it's an ongoing list that's allowed to be changed around. Is it, is the new Animal Crossing Switch the most fuckable console? <laughs> Maybe for you. I, I think it's at the bottom. It's at the bottom of the list cuz it's too fucking cute and adorable. I don't want to do anything bad to it. I just want to cuddle with it. I want to cuddle <laughs> with this goddamn Switch every goddamn day. What that's about you? An, that's an interesting gift. It's something to give to your girlfriend. That'd be pretty fun. <laughs> oh no, it's going to be for me. <laughs> She's not gonna want it when I'm done with it. Oh, go on. What do you? What, what do you? What do you got with the switch? It's beautiful. Well, I'll tell you what. I do like the look of this Animal Crossing Switch model. Why? Because it's well, you know what? A lot of the decorative design and stuff is honestly pretty simple. Looks nice. The coloring of the Joy Cons are pretty cool and stuff. And obviously, it's like a newer model of the Switch, so there's gonna be extended battery life and this and that. You know, it it's definitely a fun. It's definitely like a fun console that you can go through for like a special edition model and stuff. And you know what? That's kind of the thing, you know? It's like I wish there were more like special models and stuff. But I'm still mm. happy that we've gotten at least an Animal Crossing one. I totally missed the ball for the Pokemon one, but that's just eh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news is, like, I don't care about the little like what's the thing called you put the switch in? The dock. The dock. Yeah. So I don't care about that because the dock is like behind my TV. With the way my TV stand set up, but I want those Joy Cons because those. But you can buy those Joy Cons on PlayAsia or Amazon dot dot com on the Japan Amazon. You can order those goddamn Joy Cons, those baby blue ones. Oh god, they're so they're gorgeous. I kind of want to buy them. I might buy them. I'm probably gonna buy them. You know, uh, I'm gonna. I'm t- I just took a picture right now and I want you to kind of look at it because I want to want you to see my dock for my uh-huh. Switch. All right, are you putting? Are you are you, are you I'm Skype? actually going to be sending it to you on. Actually, I'm going to send it to you on uh, Twitter. Okay. So okay. I'm going to go through. I'm going to send it right to you. I'm just right. going through, and I sent it. All right, my penis is out. Oh, <laughs> oh, ooh, it's a goddamn oh Breath of the Wild doc. That, ooh, Dude, that's sexy. Ass. It's what fucking joy? Oh, those are sexy Joy Cons. 
Gables, and you might win for the most fuckable console. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. And all I had to do was just really just get those skins that you'd find over inside, like, uh, the ones that sell, like, in the retailers, like, GameStop or Walmart and stuff. Those are the stickers that are on inside the dock, and actually, not just the front of the Switch console itself, but, God, even the back of the console is really cool as well. Because mm-hmm. it's just got a big old decal, it's got a little sticker, this and that and stuff, but, honestly, this is, my honest opinion, this should have been what Nintendo should have done in regards to doing like a limited edition like uh for specific games not just like pokemon but also for like you know they did special edition things for like pokemon and animal crossing and stuff but for like the legend of zelda for breath of the wild they should have had a special edition because yeah. those type of wow. things you know it's like that's something you should go through and have i i concur because i would have i would have played the fuck out oh he's oh gables just shared another photo with me <laughs> oh daddy <laughs> That is, oh man, the back, it's even better from the back. <laughs> that's actually, that's really pretty. I like that a lot, actually. I know, I do I really too. Like and I, this is my launch switch that uh, I just basically got the decals and everything on. But it's kind of the same thing that I kind of think of with the Animal Crossing stuff. Because it's got its own separate, like, uh, decorative dock. Its own decorative, like, things like that, you know, to where, you know what? If I didn't have my current model switch, I'd like to invest inside that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I, I, I might get the Joy Cons. I, I probably I shouldn't stupid because I already got four of them. I don't need more, but uh, it, they're really pretty. I like them. Um, what, what's your thoughts though? Like, because there's that rumor. The rumor goes around every year about, about being the Switch Pro, whatever it's going to be called. Um, are you shocked? Or, you, or what, what do you think about the that announcement? If there's no new Switch coming in 2020, I honestly don't think that's true. I don't think it's going to be a Switch Pro, but I believe it's going. There are going to be other types of like uh, console SKUs and other types of like new Switch releases in terms of bundling. I don't believe that we're not getting anything new, new, because that is definitely it sounds like to me a PR move by Nintendo saying, "Oh, hey, no, don't look at this right now." Even though they're doing patents and there's different things suggesting otherwise that they're possibly working on the next Switch. In regards to everything else. And quite honestly, they need something and they want to keep relevant with the PS4, oh, PS5, and the Xbox Series X. So I would not be surprised if we hear some sort of announcement by the end of the year of there being something in regards to, say, a maybe not so much of a Switch Pro, but like something iterating to possibly, like, say, next year in terms of, like, possibly a different type of switch maybe a sequel to the switch you know because yeah. <laughs> switch 2 well there was that rumor that came out today about there might be a new like the new nintendo console be is like nintendo's planning for 2023 for the next nintendo console um okay. it's come out recently today um really but yeah yeah so i i don't know how true that is but i mean we, i think like we were that way a couple of years ago when we started hearing about ps5 and the next xbox 2020 was always kind of the what we heard now that's being true. So I won't be surprised if that's the case because at that point it'd be six years. Yep. And we're, and that's about the, the cycle the way the cycle works. We're like there a few years into the new consoles of the, like the Xbox and PlayStation is when the new Nintendo console comes out. Um, and who knows where the switch will be, but it, I don't, I don't think it'd be smart to release in 2020 unless you, and this came out like the first half of 2020 
but I feel like you would hear we'd hear about that here soon. If yes. we don't hear about the next few weeks, I don't see that happening. Like Nintendo proved that you can release a console in on March third, and that thing's gonna sell like gangbusters. I think it's smarter yep. to release. I'd rather the PS Five and the Xbox came out in spring of twenty twenty than the holiday time because that gives you a chance. Like the hardcores are gonna like, buy the consoles, and then buy you're gonna have plenty of time to get the big games out there, and then also be able to build up stock so when holiday season rolls around there's plenty of consoles out there for people that want for holidays and get it like i yeah. I, I would i think that should be the way it goes i would not be i would not be upset at all if ps5 and xbox got delayed till march or spring 2021 i think that'd be that'd be, that'd be awesome yeah. um i'd rather have that honestly because i feel like there's gonna be more games at launch that we that us as hardcore gamers are going to play because you're going to see the, the new call of duty you're going to see the new sports games you're going to see the random launch games that right. they have, like Godfall is already one of them. We're going to see that bullshit already. I would love it if we had that. Like, there's like, hey, like, we got, like, we we get some cool, like, great games. There's already a plethora. Like, the launch window is most important. Like, you look at, like, that first year um, of 20, 2017 when Switch came out. Like, we had a big game every month. We had, like, yep. Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8. We had ARMS, uh, um, Splatoon 2, um Mario Odyssey, there, there's something I'm forgetting in there, but I, I would love that. So I, I, I think it'd be stupid to release one anytime after E3 um, for this year. But we, they said the same thing last year, and then we got we got that new updated Switch with a better battery life, and then we got a Switch Lite. We got two new Switch models, technically. Yep. So th- we don't believe them. I, I, but I, then again, they're, they're also the ones that released Super Mario 3D World on the same day that PS4 came out. Yep. So. They're not, you know, they're they're not afraid to go up against these guys, um, but I, I I think it'd be stupid to do that. Still, I still thought that was a dumb idea, um, but I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I hope hope for their sake they're not. But um, all right, we're gonna have to go into some rapid fire with some of these right here, Gables. Okay. Um, what are ooh, mm, what's your thoughts on the? Uh, so we had the. Um, the the fifth DLC character announced for Smash Brothers for the for, um for that DLC pack that came out in twenty eighteen, um, yep. so Byleth is that how you say it? Yep. All right. So they they were announced. They were the fifth character, uh, for that DLC. The last character for that DLC pack that's out now came out January twenty eighth, um, and then they also announced DLC pack two that everybody they already announced they're gonna they're gonna make more characters, but we we all assume there's gonna be a second DLC pack. We know for sure. So announced there's gonna be a second DLC pack. Um, all the characters will be released um, before the end of 2021. So they essentially have two full years to announce six new characters. Um, <laughs> it's 30 bucks. I already pre-ordered my DLC pack too because I am one that, uh, especially with Courtney and her um, her nephew, like he comes over here and he will game out. He loves fucking Smash. Um, and I, it's it's fun playing with him. I do like that, that the 5v5 thing. So I, I go back to Smash enough because of him especially uh, to play it to get to buy the second DLC pack, but um, what were your thoughts on the fifth character being a uh, of uh, God damn it, Fire Emblem character, and also uh, yeah. where are you at on getting a, a second DLC pack? Honestly, with the unveil of Byleth, it actually convinced me there and then that to purchase the Smash Pass, which that was the icing on the cake. Everything else was good and stuff. I was kind of just waiting for everything to go and unveiled and stuff, but having Byleth unveiled in Smash. I actually have the exact opposite of opinion as how a lot of people are. I really, totally love it because I played so much of Fire Emblem Three Houses during the last year, 
and seeing different stages from like from Garrick Mock, the main hub of that game, and also going through with uh, the different characters you see and like the different music and the stages, and even like Violet, the character himself and stuff with uh, his different moveset and stuff. It feels he feels unique. He doesn't feel like a typical Fire Emblem character where you have the basic like counter and you with you down B move and like all these elaborate like slash attacks and stuff. He doesn't use his swords. He uses like a cross between like axes and spears and this and that. So he's definitely fun. I do love the unveil of uh, Byleth personally. As far as the Smash Pass Two, I definitely need to see who the first character is. Because I'm excited. There's six new characters that are going to be unveiled. They already know. Nintendo knows which yep. characters they are. But we don't. So this is going to be an interesting scenario on what gets released next. Yeah, I agree. Um, I am, you know, I hope it's... I was just a little disappointed as not being a Fire Emblem you know, fan at all. Like, we've, we've seen all, like, third-party characters announced for the first four packs. And to see that it's just another Fire character, another sword fighter, is was disappointing for me personally. Uh, I think for a decent amount of people. Um, but I'm hoping that like they really killed it. Like, and what really hurt more honestly was like Cuphead being just like a me fighter. More than anything, like I bought the DLC yeah. pack. This it was like seventy five cents or whatever. Um, but I was like, I was really hoping. Like, I thought like, oh man, Cuphead would be a cool fucking character. Uh, and we talked about like, Doom Guy would be a cool character. Uh, there's been talks of like Master Chief or um, things like that. So, I mean, I have no idea what the next six can be. Like, there, I don't even know what the rumors can like. I, I am like we we. I think the a lot of the ones that we we could see coming uh, came. Like, there was even you know a couple of surprises with like what Terry was one. I never even knew who he was until oh um, yeah, Terry Bogard from yeah. King of Fighters. Man. Yes. He is probably one of the most playable characters in that entire DLC pass because, for one, I already knew a lot of his combos playing previous King of Fighter games like eight, like King of Fighters '98 and '99, and man, just going into the combos and stuff where you can just like rapidly press the A button and stuff, and all of a sudden do like uh, how you do like a Shoryuken or like a Hadouken and stuff, like quarter circles and stuff, and go to his uh, his power wave and also his crack shoot and like. Uh, Oh my god, Burning Knuckle and all those other attacks and stuff like that. It He is just so fun to play. It's just hilarious to get combos with Ed Terry. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the only character that I feel like somewhat confident maybe if I had like any real like, like, like I said confident I guess really. I can't think of a better word for it. Uh, in like putting that will be one of those six is like Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Because I feel like to like really sell the the DLC pack too, you're gonna need want to lead on with something big, um, and like something like Sora. I feel like for Smash Brothers, can't get much bigger. And I don't know because what was the first Joker was the first character Persona Five. Yes, he was not exactly like a a, a well known name. That, um, you know, no, for like was, casual fans. Especially not for yeah. It's a PS4 exclusive. On top it of is. that, so like anything is possible. But, I mean, for hardcore fans, that was a big deal. And I feel like Sora could be a big deal. Maybe there's something out there they can get that's a big deal for for them. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it could be anything at this point. <laughs> you know it would be pretty fucking hilarious? And people mm. would probably not expect this coming out of left field. What if Valve actually gave them permission to use Gordon Freeman? That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Give me Sora, Doom Guy, 
uh, uh, what if they release Doom Guy around the time Doom Eternal comes out, Gables? I was just thinking that because we haven't heard of Nintendo Direct for a long while. Yeah. And quite honestly, they are about due to like at least have somewhat of announcement. They usually have it like around January, right? But it's like that yeah. uh, Super Smash Brothers stuff. So in terms of what we need to see past March, we have not really seen too much of those main releases towards that time frame. So yeah, we're definitely due another Nintendo Direct. And honestly, I think to coincide the release of like Doom Eternal, the unveiling of Doom Guy would actually make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I would be all for that. That'd be amazing. Like, like I said, we've won that like for well over a year so that'd be awesome um but moving on to uh the next bit of news we have here is there's been a lot of resident resident evil 8 rumors going on lately um started coming out a little bit last week um that so resident Evil 8 is well into development sounds like but actually mm, so it sounds like the they were working on resident Evil 8 and they got scrapped oh they've been working on it for like almost for over three years now uh-huh. and then about a year ago or so it got scrapped and they started remaking it but we don't know what's true at this point whether this is the stuff that got scrapped or this is what's happening now but the plan is ethan is back who was the original uh, protagonist from the first game uh chris uh-huh. redfield we will will be evolved somehow because he um spoilers for the final dlc they released for the game um he showed up in the game i believe because I, I didn't finish it uh, it'll be in first person view again and werewolves will be, will be involved oh so um, oh. I don't know where, where, did you ever play Resident Evil 7? no actually I never did play Resident Evil 7 <laughs> mm. I've never actually beaten a Resident Evil game so it's like I've played them but RE7 I never had a chance to play hmm. yeah I, I mean oh that's something we forgot about the first quarter of the year Resident Evil 3 is coming out like March 6 or something like that so uh-huh. That's that, that's one big game, I guess, other than Ori. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you. We're like, I think I've realized, like, I, maybe I'm not a Resident Evil fan. Like, I was really excited about Resident Evil 7. I jumped into it. I burned out on it after a handful of hours. Really excited about Resident Evil 2. Burned out on it after a handful of hours. Tried jumping back. And I even repurchased Resident Evil 7. Tried jumping back into it. Just couldn't get into it. Um, I redownloaded... That's something I forgot about. I redownloaded Resident Evil 2 recently, and I, uh, I, ju- I tried to jump back into it. I just I was like, I'm just going to restart it, fuck it, and replay it again, and burned out on it after a couple hours. It's just like, maybe I'm not a Resident Evil fan. But, I mean, this is pretty exciting. I think this is smart, because like, Resident Evil 7 was... Um, a lot of people loved it. I think I've, it brought in a lot of... Brought back a lot of old Resident Evil fans, a lot of new fans, and current fans were really happy with that game. And it's also cool to see... like what the remakes are doing being third person and kind of being their own thing and also bring it like we're continuing the series on with this new thing. So I don't know. It's pretty exciting to see like what is going on. I've seen a lot of people like surprised about the the werewolves thing. Like that sounds stupid. I'm like, motherfucker, we have seen gorillas. We have seen fucking alligators. We've seen sharks. We've seen <laughs> dogs. This isn't the craziest fucking thing we've heard about Resident Evil. Dude. Ever. This is, this makes this. sense. The, 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 this makes more sense than any of them. Oh, there's vampires? Well, why wouldn't there be werewolves? Have you not played goddamn Order 1886? Which there's rumors about a sequel of Order 1886, and I hope it's goddamn true. That game's underrated. Move on. Cables, what do you... Oh, oh, I'm just saying the people doubting that there possibly would be some sort of, like, mutant werewolves or something like that inside of a Resident Evil game obviously probably are quick to forget about Resident Evil 4 having the giant goddamn lizard inside of the lake. Yes! 
Thank you. It's, it's just getting dumber. Like, Resident Evil is dumb, guys. Well, it's, it's dumb. It's, but it's, to be it's amazing. It's a dumb, campy survival horror game. That's what Resident Evil is about. Yeah. And let me go. I don't mean that dumb in a bad way. Like, I, I, Metal Gear Solid is my favorite fucking franchise. And I can admit, it's fucking dumb, but it's amazing. And I love oh, it. It's fucking amazing. But, but it's amazing. <laughs> but it's really dumb. And I, it may also be the fact that I am seven white claws in. And there are no laws while drinking white, white claws. I want to point that out, Gables. <laughs> I want to point that out. I'm drinking black cherry, by the way. I've been addicted to these fucking things since my buddy Will got married in August. Oh God! Like I, I told about the story back then, but they had like uh, they had a bunch of white claws sitting around. Uh, the bridesmaids didn't like the black cherry ones, oh, no. and it, and I drank all of their white claws, oh, and God. I've been addicted to them ever since. Um, I just bought a twelve pack today, and it's almost gone. So that's oh, where I'm at. You know what, Tyler? You should do you should do me a favor in terms of like uh, in terms of like when you're watching something on YouTube, watch a speed run of Metal Gear Solid Three, just oh, off the kill. God, do you mean the best Metal Gear game? Yes. Ooh. All right, I'll do Honestly, that. Honestly, I feel it's the best Metal Gear game, even though I love four a lot. And four, yeah. depending upon the day, you know, it's like hey, it's interchangeable between that and like things. But I like Metal Gear Solid Three. That was the first. I think that was actually the first of the snow. Then I think about it. I beat Metal Gear Solid one, then two, and then three was the one that uh, initially beat. But I enjoyed three the most. Yeah, okay. try looking up a speed run for that. And the okay. most recent one is probably from like uh, Games Done Quick. That was like this past like uh, month. Yeah, you're gonna love some bits of what they do in this game. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have to do that. I'm gonna do that because I would love to see people. Fly through that game. That game was amazing. It really just, I, man, they re, they made a remake of that. Platinum. That better be one of your announcements. Even though you didn't make the games, fucking remake <laughs> Metal Gear Solid two and three and four again. That'd be awesome. And one, also one. Just make them all. Just make them all. One, two, four. Um, oh fuck, those games are so good. I just got a half chub think about that. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where we're at anymore. Gables. Oh, Pokemon Home. You want to talk about Pokemon Home? Uh, no. Not really. <laughs> you don't want to talk about Well, too well, bad, because we're going reason. to really fast. It's going to be a thing we talk about. This. <laughs> I'm fucking drunk right now, guys. Oh, boy. Oh, I love White Claws, and I love doing this show. I miss doing the show with you, Gables. Oh, my this God. is great. I, I love know, you, buddy. Man. I it's, love it's, you, buddy. It's so fun just to go through this shit, you know? <laughs> it is. It's so dumb. We do this every week, almost, <laughs> and it's so dumb. I don't know how. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, basically, I can go a little bit can, quickly over like the stand of Pokemon Home. Can I just talk about the price? I, I want to talk about the prices real fast. I'm sorry. Okay. So, what? I'm not gonna. Like, there, so, if you want, uh, there's different prices for if you do the mobile or the eShop price. But I'm just gonna do the mobile price. For 30 days, you get three dollars. For 90 days, it's five dollars. For a year, it's sixteen dollars. All right, cables. Everything else is up to you. Go ahead. Well, here's the thing. In terms of like the sixteen dollars stuff, <laughs> oh, man. Let me tell you something. There's two models, quintessentially, and stuff for this Pokemon Home. One is, like, the free version, right? And you gain access to house maybe, like, 30 Pokemon with, like, about maybe one you can put on for GTS. And, like, there is, like, maybe, like, another... No, actually, you don't get access to, like, the Judge Checker for the EV stuff. And if you... For, like, the basic freemium stuff. No, you've got to pay, like, $16.99 a year in order to gain access to have house over 6,000 Pokemon inside Pokemon Bank. Yeah, it's comical compared to, like, only 30 for the freemium one. 
Dude, not only that, but it's like for the whole GTS stuff, you can actually trade like three Pokemon at a time. The mystery trade deal, you can actually go through and like trade like a box or something like that or whatever. But uh, yeah, you know what? A lot of people were kind of an outrage about it because because of the whole fact the pricing. You add that on top of like the game itself, on top of the DLC stuff that was unveiled. Like, uh, the past few months ago, those two DLCs and stuff like that, you're basically almost spending close to about $200, which quintessentially I understand why people would feel that way. Mm -hmm. But when I look at it through my perspective and stuff, I am not going to readily use this service. Why? Because I don't play Pokemon games to that extent any longer in terms of collecting, like, everything to set inside of the games itself. There's... You know, even a lot of the Pokemon that you gain access to once, like, Pokemon Home and stuff, releases and stuff, you can actually get for free, like, in terms of, like, trading. You can actually trade these particular Pokemon over. So, see, if you are doing something like uh, like a Mystery Trade or a Wonder Trade or something, you could get potential Pokemon that weren't in your Pokedex before into your game for free. You know? There's always that aspect of it. But... If I was going to use Pokemon Home, which I could do that, you know, in terms of... Uh, I would only use it for, like, maybe a specific couple of Pokemon at a time because I'm not going to go ahead and 100% like uh, go for a hyper-competitive team by competing online. I know Jake and I have this bet, like, in the next Extra Life, we're going to do, like, a Pokemon battle through Sword and Shield. I'm really? On that. Yes. That's oh. something that we both agreed on. But... At the same time, I'm working on that little by little. <laughs> I've already got, like, maybe one or two Pokemon that I want to go through and, like, I know for a fact that I want to use. But I'm pretty much building up a strategy right now. And, you know what? This whole Pokemon Home thing, you know, I think it's just kind of like a wash for me at this moment in time. I understand why they would charge money in order to do that. But locking, like, a key feature, say, like, a judge function where you can check the stats of, like, what Pokemon have, like, say, like, great effort values or whatnot and stuff, that's a total deal-breaker to me. Because that's so inconvenient in terms of when you want to go through, check on your phone, it's like, okay, I got this Pokemon, that Pokemon and stuff. Well, hey, I want to select which Pokemon I'm going to go through and stuff without paying, like, for the full-on price. And it's like, well, how do I do that? They're basically, I don't know which Pokemon has which effort values from this, and so it just makes it a whole lot complicated that way. I can understand, say, housing close to what 6000 pokemon if they if people choose which there there are going to be a few people that are going to fill up that damn box i kid you not there will be but at the same time it's like i think it's really mediocre that they shortchanged people for the free version i mean if you want to make something you know just get like maybe 100 pokemon you know or do like something of a sort but uh, yeah it's just laughable what they have going on for the freemium stuff for pokemon home and that's about it for me. <laughs> All right, I don't have a lot to add to that. Um, I just want to go and, and I'm, I'm I'm clicking on it right now. I want to look at the Kickstarter for fucking um, Wonder Four Hundred One. We are at eight hundred sixty thousand. Nice. I don't want to take credit for this, the fact that they've gone up fifty thousand dollars in the last two hours, but I'm uh. going to take it all. Uh, <laughs> Gables, you and I, we're going to take all the credit for that, uh, uh, even though the show hasn't released yet. Uh, we're taking credit for it. So. <laughs> But uh, <sighs> all right, moving on because we got we got we're, we're almost done. We're almost done. I swear, probably not. Um, 
so we're we're getting we're getting to the Nintendo weed things. These aren't things that have been like big and like blockbuster shit you've seen on the front page of stuff, but little little reports we've been hearing lately. So there's been rumors. There's been there that there might be a new 2D Mar uh, 2D Mario, excuse me, 2D Metroid, and a Paper Mario going back to the basics of like Mario 64, uh, Paper Mario 64, and Thousand Year Door, coming this year to Switch. What are your thoughts and beliefs on this happening? Well, let's see. In terms of a remaster, I believe that's entirely possible. Because look what Nintendo dropped last year. Mm. A Link to the Past. That's a game, and its isometric view was very, very reminiscent of its game release on the Game Boy. And honestly, I highly would not doubt Nintendo is doing something similar to another franchise of theirs. Being Metroid. Think of it this way. What if Super Metroid got that treatment? That is one of the absolute best 2D Metroid games ever released. It is a absolute classic on the Super Nintendo. If that is remastered and put out, or even the original Metroid, even you know that would be a solid win in terms of playing game like playing that stuff on your Switch. For Paper Mario, you know what? I would be happy if it's something more akin to classic Paper Mario style without there being extra gimmicks thrown in. At the same time, I would have to see it to believe it, because, quite honestly, they were so keen in terms of adding in their own gimmicks that did not make it feel like an actual Paper Mario game, that I'm kind of hesitant to just jump on the whole Paper Mario stuff, especially the rumors. Yeah. Unless it's something like a remaster of the Thousand Year Door, or maybe like a, I don't know, a remaster of Super Paper Mario. I mean, I would love that. But uh, a new Paper Mario, yeah, I gotta see it to believe it. Yeah, I'm with you. Like a, a new two, if it's a new or even like a remake of a 2D Metroid, that'd be cool. Like that's not something I'm, I would jump into. Like honestly, because uh, Metroid's not my favorite thing. Like I like the three, the the first person Metroid Prime games. Like those are pretty good. Right, but I I'm not like that. I'm not all into like the the side scrolling ones. Um, and that's you know that's no knock against them. I recognize they're great games, but they're not my thing. Um, but I hope it's true just for the, cause I think it'd be great for those fans of those games. Um, Paper Mario, I'm one of those people that grew up love it. I didn't play Mario's Paper Mario 64. Um, I remember actually, uh, fun fact, uh, I remember when the Wii came out and I bought Paper Mario 64, I had an ex-girlfriend at the time, uh, currently a girlfriend at the time, uh, call me and asked for like tips cause she couldn't, cause I played part of the game on the Wii for the first time. And she called me uh-huh. asking because she could She got stuck at a point, and I had to help her get through it. And I was working in a game store at that point. And my boss is like, you know, usually if she calls you, calls you, it, it uh, irritates me. But uh, if this, I, I told him what happened. He's like, at that point, I'm okay with that completely. Like it was fantastic. <laughs> so if she ever needs to call you for advice, it's okay. Just let me know. <laughs> it was kind of a funny story, but uh, um, luckily that relationship didn't work out. And also, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't finish the game. But um, I would be totally cool with the new Paper Mario game. Going back to the basics, because like Sticker Star is kind of trash. Like, like it, it's not good. It, like the idea is cool, but it, like it totally made like the point of playing the game, like the battling system, like pointless. Like there was really no point of playing the battle system. No, like the battle with no levels, no leveling, no RPG mechanics. Like if we're gonna make an RPG game without the mechanics of RPGs. 
They just made mm-hmm. a platforming game, a platforming Mario game with just turn-based battles. Yeah, with no leveling. Like, why am I fighting these guys if there's no benefit to me fighting these guys? Like, the whole point was should be me is, is avoiding them and being pissed off that I have to fight these guys. And then, like, the the one that came up for Wii U, it sounded like it was kind of cool. Color Splash. Color, yeah, Color Splash. It's like the idea, like, there's some cool stuff there, but it's kind of some of the same issues. Um like I love um, Thousand Year Dora, one of the best games on GameCube. Um, so if, like you said, they remade Thousand Year Dora, I'd be totally all in for that because I, I would really play that game. That game is fantastic, and I, I even yep. watch watching Game Grumps not too long ago go through that game again. I'm like, oh, oh my, god. my god, I would like some of the stuff. They I went have through. good nostalgia of that game. The first time yes. I powered it on and playing through the first hour of it, and all of a sudden I see this. Pinata getting shaked down by these two FBI looking pinatas. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like going through that, like watching, like the, even like the stuff like that. You're fighting the, the wrestling guy and shit like that. Like that was awesome. I'd love Rock to go through that again. Yes, uh, I'd love to do that again. So I'm hopeful. Even like Super Mario, Super Paper Mario. That game was actually really good. Like I really enjoyed that game. I would not. I would like to actually play through that again. Like because I didn't beat it, but I enjoyed playing it through at the time. If that be, that could be fun, uh, or even a new one. Like I don't know. Like I, I'm I'm holding out hope like that. That is just true because it's a weird year. Like we're in 2020. We're like you know what we talked about earlier. Like we're in a weird time right now with gaming. The last couple of years. Yep. We don't know a lot. Like 2019 was kind of a weird year for everybody, but including Nintendo. We're like there wasn't really a lot of big AAA games that came out for them. Like we had like other than Pokemon, uh, like we had Pokemon, uh, Astral Chain. Luigi's Mansion 3, um, and, like, New Super Mario Brothers. Like, a lot of, like, a lot of, like, not, like, AAA games, but, like, like these are solid side titles. Like, there's a lot of them were fun, but they weren't, like, fan-fucking-tastic. Like, we've been spoiled, like I said before, we've been spoiled the last few years, but, like, 2017, 2018, we were spoiled by Nintendo, too, as well. Yep. So, 2020 is also, I think, a, a year where, like, they could, it, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset if this is like another side year, because I feel like we're gonna get like a lot of big blockbusters in the second half of the year from PlayStation and Xbox, but um, I don't know. Like I, would, I love the fact that the, if this came true. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's twenty twenty. It's a it's a it's a year of mysteries. We have no fucking idea what's gonna happen. But um, Gable's at the pee really bad. I'll be right back. Okay. That's <laughs> fine. All right, I'm back. Sorry. All right, no problem. I just stubbed the fuck out of my toe, though, on the goddamn <laughs> corners. I'm okay. <laughs> I had to grab my, to grab my white cloths. I'm almost oh out, Gables. I'm almost out. I'm going to buy a 12-pack. Whoo, boy. All right. All right, Gables. So, keeping up with the Nintendo topics, we have the rumor that there's not only but one, but two Wii U ports coming this year hmm. uh, to Switch. What, what do you think they could be? And do you think it's also, well, I guess one, do you think it's likely? And two, what do you think they could be? <laughs> okay, I know one that's most likely, and it's probably, it's going to be the most obvious one. Super Mario 3D World. Yes, I that so. is a That is a game I feel like absolutely will be ported onto the Switch. Now, for the other port, that's an interesting one. Because there is a couple of games I filter out through my head. It would have been the wonderful one-on-one, but... Today is proven quite the opposite. But honestly, the other port I could potentially see. 
I think would be the original Splatoon. Hmm. The original Splatoon, that's a game that launched on Wii U. Not launched, but it released around the time, like around, what was it, 2015, 2014 for the Wii U and stuff like that. It was fairly popular. The online was good. But I feel like that if we have sort of a remaster of the original Splatoon, I feel like that would be absolutely inside of that like uh, base. Even if it's something, say, like the single player. Because the single player inside of Splatoon, the original one, that's fantastic. I loved playing through that game. And quite honestly, it kind of disappointed me that I did not have a chance to play through Splatoon 2 because I really wanted to enjoy that one. I still can if I wish to. But I love the original Splatoon. That campaign was fun. There were a lot of good elements inside of it that I enjoyed. And it was pleasantly surprising how good of a quality it was in terms of level design, ability, and stuff. So I feel like that out of the two Wii U ports, I feel like they're both going to be Super Mario 3D World and the original Splatoon. And I feel like Super Mario 3D World is probably like about a 90% chance. I feel like that positive, whereas I would say about a 40% chance it's like the original Splatoon. Hmm. Okay, all right. I, I think it's likely... I think it's true. And it's something we talk about, like, what are, what's left for, Switch, for Wii U ports. Um, I think Super Mario 3D World is the one, the main, main big one that hasn't, like, that's the glaring yeah. one that we haven't gotten yet. And I'm shocked we haven't gotten yet. But and I hope there it's... are a few other things, but let, I'll let you finish what you're saying. No, um, I think that's the big one that what's going to happen this year. Especially, you know, like we, you talked about earlier of this recording, like, we haven't had that direct yet. When usually in January we have a big one, but the last couple of years, remember um, last year we didn't have one. In 2018 we had a mini direct, and in right. 20 and in both 2018 and 2019 we had a we actually had a regular direct in February. So I'm be surprised if sometime this month we have a normal direct, and yeah. they announce the next two. Um, like or maybe they announce one of the two, but I wouldn't be surprised if sometime here soon they announce one because like we had one. In, um, we had one at the beginning of the year last year, and we had two, new, new Super Mario Brothers Wii U re-released for um, the Switch. Maybe that wasn't actually at the beginning of the year. That might have been like something different. But um, anyways, we had, but like you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see one of those two announced. And I feel like if a new new Super Mario, or I'm sorry, Super Mario Brothers 3D World gets revealed and it comes out this first half of the year, that'd be fucking awesome because that game yeah. is fantastic and needs to be needs to be played by more people. Um, I hope that's the case. Um, but something I think about that hasn't been talked about a lot is we, we've already seen Bayonetta 1 and 2. We've seen yes. uh, Captain Toad. We've seen Captain Toad, for Christ's sakes. You know, like, I mean, I love Captain <laughs> Toad. It's a, it's a great game. But, like, yes. what about Pikmin 3? That's definitely a good option. How about yeah. Yoshi's Woolly World? <sighs> Ooh. <I forgot laughs> Yoshi's World. That's a good game. That's a great game. But you see, we've listed, like, about four solid wii u games that could potentially be ported you know already so what were you thinking on for the other one i was thinking pikmin 3 actually honestly you were just because you were just thinking about pikmin 3 because i feel like pikmin 4 would, i would not be surprised if pikmin 4 comes out this year or sometime mm-hmm. next year right so to build up hype for pikmin 3 because that game i mean it's not like a big seller but it, there there is an audience behind that game especially nintendo fans and i wouldn't be surprised if with the switch if that makes it if it's a big deal so i wouldn't be surprised if like Within this year, we see Pikmin 3. So that was my thinking, was 
Um, and we heard about Pikmin 4 a long time ago. Where like, like even before the Switch was revealed, like revealed like when it was still <laughs> the NX, like Pikmin 4 was like it's close to being done. And then I guess um, what happened was like they they switched to a new engine, so they kind of had like almost in a, in a sort of way restart production. So I would not be surprised if within the next twelve months we hear about Pikmin 4. All right. So well, I, let's 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 think about this for a moment here. Let's spread out to see what Wii U ports have initially come on to the Switch so far. You had Smash Brothers. You had Mario Kart 8. You had the obscure ones, such as like uh, Tokyo Mirage Session. You had yep. Captain Toad. Wonderful 101. That's a game that was just going through the Kickstarter thing we just talked about and stuff yeah. like that. And that's assuming Wonderful 101... Was, I'm sorry. That's assuming Wonderful 101 isn't one of the two. And I, I don't right. think it is. Right. Go I don't on, think sorry. it is. I think it's something separate. Yeah. But New Super Mario Brothers, like Wii U, you know, that one... You know, New Super Mario Bros. U, that got ported early last year in terms of that to the Switch. And then you have the Hyrule Warriors and stuff like that. And yep. And I know there's probably a couple more I'm thinking of, but the ones that strike me as kind of like a port, like say a Wii U port, actually, there are like a couple of games, there actually still are a couple more games. And we have mentioned like about four of them, being Pikmin mm-hmm. 3, being Super Mario 3D World, Splatoon... And even like say Yoshi's Whirly World and stuff like that, I could see these four games potentially being ported. But at the same time, I kind of feel like that there is, there is like there's even more like little obscure ones which I could feel like would benefit in terms of like a full on release. Oh boy, I'm trying to think. I know the original Super Mario like. Uh, Super Mario Maker probably wouldn't because no. Mario Maker Two out just blows that one out of the water. And honestly, I feel like Splatoon One, like if anything, you can re-release the campaign. But I mean, yeah. all the all the maps have been are are now in Splatoon Two. That's very true. So I mean, outside the what about NES Remix One and Two? Actually, NES Remix One and Two that's definitely a good option right there because those both were popular games. That one release and stuff could potentially be like an absolute great one now if you want to talk just for a moment i want to check my wii u stash <laughs> oh you're fine no i don't know i i feel like that 3d world is pretty much a shoe-in so assuming that at this point um mario 3d world is one of those two that there's one option left um i, I really don't know what's left i mean like we talked about there's pikmin 3 there's Woolly World, but Woolly World was was just um, brought over the 3D uh, to the 3DS not but, what, about a year and a year and a half ago, um, so that's that's still an option, but maybe not as likely, especially when we had just had Crafted World come out, and I feel like that game came out to middling reviews, where I feel like Woolly World at that point came out to better reviews. Maybe that's my own fanboyism coming out because I really enjoyed. Woolly World, that was one of my top 10 games of 2015, <laughs> I want to say. Um, or 14? I don't remember. You know, just going over, like, uh, the Wii U stuff that I got on my bookcase here, it's like, there's games like Xenoblade Chronicles X, which... That's that, one of, that's a good... Ooh, I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Yes, we are getting the original Xenoblade Chronicles released this year, remade for Switch, Chronicles X is the only one that has not been ported over from that series. And that's I would, a strong possibility. I would say that's a no because we're getting the remake. Maybe in a year, yeah. maybe next year we get we get X. Right. 
Right, as far as that, what I could see your point in that. So that may be a little bit too far out in mm-hmm. regards to it. But otherwise, otherwise, it's kind of like a slim pick and stuff because we've already got things like pocket tournament. We've already got like uh, a problem pocket tournament. Yeah. Oh, dude, what if it's something like say Star Fox Zero? <laughs> oh fuck no! They were, they're not that stupid unless they totally redo that game and make it actually good. No. <laughs> no, they would probably fucking redo that game and stuff to make it like an on-rail thing, an actual original Star Fox game. Like, yeah, that, that would be make really it good fun yeah. if that was Star Fox Zero. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I think we both can agree that 3D World was probably, if assuming this is true, Mario 3D World is probably one of the two, right? Yep. Um, and there's a lot of talk that Breath of the Wild two. It's coming out this year, but there's also been rumors that's an early 2021 game. Then what will be this year's Zelda game release? I don't, I don't know. What's the big November game? Because they love having that. They need to have that big November game. You know what? Also, was on the re. Was also on the Wii U. Hmm. The remasters for Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. That's a good point. What about Skyrim remake? Oh, you mean like a Skyward Sword remake? Oh, yeah. Why did I say Skyrim? Yeah, you said Skyrim. And yeah, Skyward Switch, Sword. I'm but, sorry. Uh, that's a Wii port, but at the same time, if it is Zelda and that Breath of the Wild 2 does not release this year, I could ex- we could expect to see like almost like uh, Twilight Princess and possibly Wind Waker on the Switch. That's what I would think, but that's yeah. assuming that that the sequel to breath of the wild is going to be later this year if it's pushed out you know mm. but, but yeah more or less likely you're thinking more or less pikmin 3 i'm thinking more or less super mario 3d world pretty much i think we're both in agreement that 3d world is going to happen yes. and i hope it happens this like, first half within the first couple yes because there's not like what what's happening what do we know about we know animal crossing yep we know animal crossing and we had the pokemon really so dlc the Pokemon DLC is coming out like in June, I think, in like uh, June and fall. June and fall, and that's it. Like, I don't know what else. Big party, first party. Oh, um, No More Heroes three. No More Heroes three, but what? What? That's not a big maybe? game. That's a, that's a, it's a, it's, there's a there's a market for it, but it's not a triple A game. Well, maybe not for like uh, in the grand scheme of things for triple A like release or something like that, but. Yeah, other than that, though, we don't really know too many other big AAA releases from Nintendo yeah. in that response. I feel like 3D World is pretty much a shoe one at this point. If there's going to be two yep. this year, that's got to be it. Like, yep. um, Fuck, man. I, that'd be awesome if they made like a dual pack of uh-huh. Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, though. Oh, i buy that in a heartbeat. I'm I, sorry, if, but I, if, I absolutely love playing Wind Waker. Yeah, uh. I, I retry. I, I replayed. Uh, I started replaying when uh, uh, Twilight Princess when it first came out for the um, for the Wii U, and I got like six hours in. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. But um, Wind Waker, I would love to replay again. Uh, Skyward Sword I, is. It's not actually. I guess that wouldn't work because that's not a Wii U. That's not a Wii U port. But I'd love to because I never played Skyward Sword, so I'd love to play, replay that again or play that for the first time. Man, it's uh, tough. So yeah. we're, we're in agreement. 3D World. Yep. What would you? What would we both pick as number two? I'm picking Pikmin three. And I, I pick feel Splatoon. Like, okay. <laughs> I feel like I mean it'd be awesome if they put like Splatoon out for as like a 
$20 eShop game, like the campaign. Because right. like right, I said, I all, the, all the maps are on Splatoon 2 now at this point. I just or, want the campaign for Splatoon. That's pretty much it. It was fucking awesome. Or if, honestly, I, if we're just going to do eShop re-releases, um, NES Remix 1 and 2 would be awesome to have. Because I had a lot of fun with those. Um, but I feel like most likely would be either with 3D Worlds 1, and then the other two would either be Wooly World or um, um, Pikmin 3. Because I feel like I think Pikmin 4 is coming. It's got to yeah. come soon. I, I feel like in the next 18 months, Pikmin 4 is going to be like we can play that game within 18 months. What I kind of feel like is the next Direct is probably going to be a huge one. That's what I kind of mm-hmm. feel. That's from what I'm getting yeah. from like rumors and everything else. This is probably going to be a huge one for the rest of the year. Yeah, cause it's got to be because we don't know what's happening. We don't want, we don't know a lot about 2020. 2020 is a weird year right now for everybody, but it's, yep. but Nintendo too. Nintendo, um, we know next to nothing except for a few releases. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Um, but moving on to, uh, we we are getting close to the end. I promise. Um, uh, so Ubisoft is making some huge changes. Um, to like kind of their, their upper echelons of uh, presidents, things of so sort. So uh, I'm just gonna read this whole article and excuse me because I'm now nine white claws in um, <laughs> at the recording session. But uh, this is an article from uh, Polygon, by the way, people. So uh, Ubisoft is overhauling the central uh, editorial team that advises all of its productions following lackluster sales of Tom Clancy's games that CEO. Yves Gulemont, I want to say. Yves Gulemont, yeah, blamed on a lack of differentiation in consumers' minds. Video Gamer Chronicles reports that Ubisoft Chief Creative Officer, so uh, CFO, CCO, I'm sorry, Sergei Hascott, uh, it's a French company, so it's hard to say, uh, will remain in charge of Ubisoft, uh, but uh, or his editorial group, but he that he will be given more subservience that and they will be given more excuse me autonomy so that he'll be able to lead a broader perspective rather than directing individual projects themselves this change is meant to give Ubisoft individual individual franchises from for honor to Assassin's Creed um, from more distinct identities an unnamed source from G- VGC that the previous structure often meant that the tastes and opinions of one or two important people in the editorial team made it into a Ubisoft games, making them making many of them feel the same. So, uh, I don't know how deep I'm going to go. It's, it's a, uh, I'm almost not the article. I'll read the rest of it. Uh, I'll, sl- I'll slur the rest of it. Um, in a statement given to VGC, Ubisoft confirmed that not only that reinforcing our editorial team to be more agile and better accompanying our development teams around the world asked for a comment. A Ubisoft spokesman, like I said, blah, blah, uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint was a, a thud in October, which we talked about at the time, both critically and commercially, and a call with investors later in the month. Um, he said that been shri- been strongly rejected by a significant portion of the community and that it did not come within enough differentiation differentiation factors which rent the game from uh, intrinsically qualities and standing out. So basically what's kind of going on, going to deeper, is that there was one guy running everything for, for Ubisoft, and he decided everything. Now there's going to be essentially 
Um, every franchise, big franchise for uh, Ubisoft is going to be given their own, like essentially a vice president, their own person running each like Assassin's Creed, Ghost Recon, Division, um, um, Gods and Monsters. Basically, so everybody's going to have their own person where for a good long while now, the last five, six, seven years, we've seen one person running everything. Um, so you're someone that you, you platinum Wildlands, like what, two years ago, three years ago, 2017, I want to say? It's like two years ago, yes. 20, yeah. So I don't know. Like, you're, like, I love Ubisoft, like some of the games they made, but like recently I've been kind of burned out by them. But like, where are you at with like this news of like giving more, like, or spreading out the, the uh, control to the games. What about you? Well, I kind of attend this to, like, say, a person, say, inside of an upper management thing, like, working, like, multiple different positions and stuff like that, and being subsequently nearly burnt out in regards to spreading so thin. I feel like this is a good decision by Ubisoft, because if you have multiple different people working on specific projects other than one or two people dictating in terms of trying to cover how much a game should be, like, a particular style, that actually would be better in terms of uh, the quality you would think of the games in general. Let's think of it this way. In terms of the Ubisoft games, some of them in general, a lot of them have felt the same, from Assassin's Creed to Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands to just even some bits of, like, Splinter Cell. You know, there are games inside of this franchise that felt like they played the same. And honestly, if that was then influenced by one or two head honchos over in Ubisoft to try to take advantage of, like, say, predatory microtransactions or, like, loot box currency, which there were plenty in terms of a lot of those games, too, then uh, I feel like that this is a welcome change to try to spread around different ideas from different people at the uh, corresponding stations, and as a result, instead of, like, just having one person. So I kind of feel like this is going to be for the benefit of Ubisoft, but uh, I'm just being cautiously optimistic of what happens with this. Um, Yeah, so, like, my opinion on um, Ubisoft has definitely changed over the last few years. Like, we're like it's funny, like, you think about 2013, 2014, E3, like, we talked about, like, our game of the shows. At, at that point in time, when Jake was still part of the show, uh-huh. uh, like that was, my, that was, like, my game of the show. Two years in a row. Yep. Division was my game of the show. And then, like, it came out. I had zero interest when they actually came out to play it. And I went back and finally played it. It's like, ah, it's fine. It's one of those you know, games as a service games that we, kept, that we get a million of. Um, you know, uh, Zass Creed took a break, finally took a year off for the first time in, like, what, like 11 years, 10 years? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And then, like, it came back after Origins. And I, I spent a good chunk of my E3 playing it in 2018. I was just like, yeah, it's okay. I burnt out on it really fast. You know, I was like, uh, I could see, I like where they're going with it, but I didn't give a fuck about like anything else. Like Egypt was not very entertaining to me. And then when Odyssey came out, it it totally blew my mind. I loved Odyssey, they one of the best took, games of that year. What, what were and games? they actually and they actually took their time with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually like even though there was like I think there was two or three development teams working on. Um, Assassin's Creed games but yeah they, that, that, the extra time actually made a huge difference to me like I loved it and in 2019 we got a year break we're probably going to see Assassin's Creed Ragnarok is a rumor um, 
with it. So we need, we're going to have a Norse game, a mythology game, where we already got Hellblade, God of War, and never have a Assassin's Creed <laughs> game with with going inside the and that mythology, but whatever. Um, oh I'm, 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 I'm holding out hope because it's going to be amazing and fantastic. Let's hold um, up some Norse Mario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I don't know. Like I, I'm hopeful that like, Gods and Monsters was supposed to be an early 2020 game, which is crazy, because that game was like the last, like that was like the one more thing of Ubi, of Ubisoft's E3 last year, and we all yeah. we got was like a CG trailer. We had no idea yeah. what else that game was gonna be, and like they they delayed like the new Watch Dogs game was is now delayed. Watch Dogs Legions is now delayed, or we have no idea when that game comes out, but it's probably safe to assume it's gonna come out at the end of the year. Uh, gods and monsters we have no idea when it's going to come out but it's probably going to be early next year um like we're in a weird time where like like ubisoft is like they totally revamped their their company like for at one point in time they were about to get bought by a whole different company like nvidia or by something vivendi like actually but yes vivendi thank you was trying to buy them out from the inside out yeah they totally revamped their whole entire company to prevent that and it worked out for them and like for the first time in like the last year or last year and a half where like they're no longer like worried about being bought like they're making these all these great games like they totally changed their their entire focus to prevent this so they can keep making their games they want to and they beat them and it's like now in a weird way or it's like you know we, we when we say oh it's a ubisoft game like it's if at first it wasn't a bad thing but now it's like Assassin's Creed was kind of like, in a weird way we didn't know. Assassin's Creed was like kind of the beginning of that. Like in two, and that was like a 2007 game. And then Assassin's Creed 2 turned more into that. Like, yeah, there's watchtowers everywhere. The, all the side quests are the same fucking thing. We've seen it a million times. And it's like, now you look at like Division was, it's, ah, it's this Ubisoft game. You look at Watch Dogs, yeah, it's a Ubisoft game. Watch Dogs 2 was, ah, it's a Ubisoft game. But it's really good. No, you with Wildlands, like you got addicted to that game, and it's like it's a Watch Dogs yes. game, but yep. you really you got hooked on that. Like, it, it, not saying bad or good or anything. Like, I'm a Assassin's Creed fan. It's the same formula with the yeah. exact multiple games, different franchises of the exact same formula. Yeah, and all of their games, they have what two, three, four a year that would come out, and they'd be the same thing. You look at like uh, Division Two, actually was like a really apparently. I, I I'm not a Division Two guy. I I didn't play it at all whatsoever but division 2 came out and it's like one of those first games as a service games that came out and everybody universally loved like it came out it worked correctly it was like the gameplay was really fun the story was really fun there's plenty of content right away the 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 dlc and stuff like that that came out afterwards like kept people going for a while i mean it dropped off a little bit but that happens and it's like that's the first time as a console gamer that you've seen these games come out games as a service come out and people like universally loved it, but because Division One came out and it was such a disaster, because of all of the they they failed everything else, like nobody like nobody give a shit about Division Two, and then Breakpoint came out and it was basically just Wildlands Two came out and nobody gave a shit. And it's like it's a, it technically it's a fine game, but just nobody cares because we played a million of these games. And it's the same issue. It's, just, it's crazy to think that Ubisoft is still doing a really good job of making good games but it's just like they've done like they've they've, heard, they've been their own worst enemy and own like their own like i don't know best enemy at the same time i don't know how to phrase it any better but like they've done a great job of being different but also 
like hurting themselves at the same time of like a lack of change having one guy being like the the person that decides everything like hey assassin's creed tom clancy the vision ghost recon all the same fucking thing but with just you know, one's a first person shooter one's a third person shooter one's a fast game um just a weird state we're in with ubisoft where like also we're gonna do this weird fucking nintendo game where it's a, the battle kingdoms you know um We've been in a weird spot lately with with Ubisoft for like, like what 2014-2015 where it was like we had Child of Light, we had the oh fuck I'm forgetting the name but the World War One game that I loved very much, Valiant uh, Hearts. Valiant Hearts, thank you. We had Rayman Legends. Yep. We had fucking Division. We had fucking um, Assassin's Creed. You know we've had all these games we talked about already on top of all these weird side games they made, like they kind of like in a way like they 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 were different. But the difference that made them big, they've kind of been scared to change because, like, hey, we're popular. Because it, I understand that. Like, you know, it's it's hard to change when something's working so well for you. And I don't know. Like, I hope that, you know, now they have seven different presidents, seven, seven different presidents. And also the guy that's been in charge for a long while. He's still one of the main guys. But it's he's like he's been dropped down in a sense. But I don't know. I think this is a good thing because he saw the success of all of his like – his, his, his ideas and his shrinks have been a good for them, but not long long term. Short term has been great for them, but maybe they need to change at this point. So I'm hoping, as a Ubisoft fan, uh, that is, it's probably gonna be a few years before we see the change. Because I have zero interest in any of the Ubisoft games that we know about right now, even the rumors that we know about right now. Um, that we'll see the change by maybe 2022, 2020, maybe earliest at best 2021. We'll see the kind of the fruits of the, the labor from this. What about you, Gibbles? <laughs> you know what? Predominantly, I really don't have too much more to say in regards to like City Ubisoft stuff. But yet, I'm just I'm just cautiously optimistic and stuff that uh, with these changes and stuff like that, that they'll potentially get even better in terms of the quality of product they put out. I'm just being cautiously optimistic at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's our best hope, I think, is you know, because Ubisoft obviously probably the one of the three biggest um, third-party gamers out there, players out there. But moving in, we're getting to we're finally at the end game, Gables. I promise. Of yeah. um, now we are at it's MPD times for um, for us. So I'm not going to do the top twenty this time. It's going to be our top ten. Uh, yeah. These are the top ten selling games of 2019. Um, obviously, so with the with the asterisk, uh, all Nintendo games do not get uh, digital sales. So this is only this is only physical sales uh, on this list. So number ten for this this is the top ten selling games. Excuse me of 2019. Okay. Number ten, Minecraft. Yeah. Number nine, Pokemon Shield. Number eight, mm-hmm. Mario. Smash Brothers Ultimate. Sorry, I got burps. Number seven, Mario Kart 8. Number six, Pokemon Sword. Number five, Luigi Mansion 3. Number four, NBA 2K20. Number three, NF Madden 20. Number two, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And number one, no real surprise, Modern Warfare 2019. Huh. Looking at this list, Gables. And we've, we've seen some reports come out lately. That Pokemon Sword and Shield combined have almost sold 17 million copies. That in and of itself puts it 
almost above Breath of the Wild in terms of sales. But what's yes. also interesting is this is just accounting just for physical copies of the games sold that Nintendo has. And they on that top ten for the that for last year, look at how many of them are Nintendo Switch games. That is just crazy to me. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest surprise. That's just physical. That has nothing to do with the digital sales, which I'm assuming the other games on that list do have digital sales included. Yeah, I wish I, I wish Sword and Shield was just combined sales at this point. I agree because that, that doesn't make sense. Why it'd probably be because it's Sword is a six is at six, Shield is at nine. So you could I feel like it's safe to assume it'd probably be like a top four or five seller. Right. I don't. I I, I like real Modern Warfare uh, being a number one, and Star Wars Fallen Order being number two makes sense to me. But, I don't know. I think it's pretty shocking to see that um, Sword and Shield, after, what, six weeks in the market, came out November 15th, being six weeks of being on the market, sold over seven, almost 17 million copies. That's yeah. nuts. And then Jedi Fallen Order has come out, and they said that they plan on... So the report was like they were hoping... EA was hoping that it would sell six to eight million copies before March 31st of, the, of this year. And it's already sold over 8 million copies. And it'll probably sell close to 10 million copies by the time this by by by, by April of this year. Well, what so, do you know? They put out a good Star Wars game and it's selling. Oh, mm-hmm. novel concept. Well. Wait a second. You don't make a bullshit uh, fucking online shooter game with a million fucking bullshit, stupid fucking uh, uh, microtransactions and it sold well. Wow, mind blown. Have you not played Titanfall 2? <laughs> That's my thoughts. Mm. I don't know. But uh, something I thought was kind of cool to show off. Uh, these are the top 10 selling games of 2019 altogether. Um, okay. Number 10, Mario Kart 8. Okay. Number 9, Division 2. Okay. Number 8, Kingdom Hearts 3. All right. Number 7, Smash Bros. Ultimate. Right. Number six, Fallen Order. Star Wars Fallen Order. Number five, Mortal Kombat 11. Number four, Borderlands 3. Number three, Madden NFL 20. Number two, NBA 2K20. And number one, Modern Warfare 2019. Okay, no surprise there, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, like, the one surprise to me, there's two surprises, honestly, is, you know, you look at Mario Kart 8, it's number ten. Like that game came out over almost three years ago at this point, and it's still selling extremely well. Um, but I wonder if that has to do with the fact that the last two Christmas 2018, 19, uh, the last so the last two Christmases, Mario Kart Eight has been a part of the bundle for the Switch. So I That's wonder if too. that has a lot to do with that. Yeah. So, but I, I don't know if they count that or not because it's it's a digital copy that comes in the game. Uh, I actually know what I think about it. Does not that does not include digital copies? So that's fantastic. That's crazy <laughs> to think. Mario Eight is a top ten selling game of 2019 and is not included in those Switch bundles. Yep. Um, look at Smash Ultimate. Kind of makes sense because the game came out like what, like December seventh or so, early December of 2018, I think. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Anything stick out to you with it with with these top ten selling games? 
to be perfectly honest, nothing really sticks out to me because I feel like all these games that are on this top 10 list for just the entirety of the year are ones that uh, I kind of expected to be there. Fallen Order, I feel like, man, where it's at right there is kind of surprising, but at the same time, I feel like this is a, the best accurate like representation of what we got sales-wise. And just, yeah, I'll have Mario Kart 8 up there at number 10. That's that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it sucks that Mario Kart 8 so high uh, in, in a way because I feel like Mario Kart 9 um, is not coming anytime soon because that's a game that came out in 2014 <laughs> and it's still one of the highest-selling games in 2019. Like, I, w- I want more Mario Kart. And um, if we got a Mario Kart Nine, that'd be awesome. But I, I think it'll be announced, but I don't believe it's going to be released this year. No, I don't. I don't think it'll be announced this year. I feel like if at best best case scenario, twenty twenty one, we see something. But I mean, if that's if, if if Mario Kart Eight sales go down, but like, why would they even announce any more anything else for Mario Kart Eight? Because they've announced they haven't done anything for Mario Kart Eight other than hey, it's coming to Switch. And like that was the beginning of 2017, with all the DLC content available. Inside yeah, we are now over three years since we've had any new announcements about Mario Kart 8. Yep. Um, other than the Breath of the Wild DLC, which was like a free of all download, they did yep. in like April or Mar- May of that year. So there's no reason for them to like. I'm sure Mario Kart 9 is well into development, um, but there's zero reason to do it uh, until we have a new console or the end of this generation. Uh, for for the, for the switch. Uh, seeing Fall in Order um, up there at six after only being on the market because that, that came up the same day as Pokemon. Uh, it, it is nice to see because it's like we're showing EA like, hey, we love like if you guys do a good job of making uh, games, like we will buy them. You know, like, that's that's awesome to see. And I hope that's the case. That, like we see with. With Fallen Order, like we get a Fallen Order two, even though the the EA exclusivity deal ends in twenty twenty three with with uh, mm-hmm. Disney for Star Wars games, um, Ultimate being at, being at number seven makes sense because it was a game that came out at the end of you know the end of the year last year, or I'm sorry, the end of the year twenty eighteen. Um, Borderlands three being number four kind of surprises me, uh, even though it's been like what five six years. Uh, since we got a new Borderlands game being number four, and that game came mm-hmm. out in, in September, kind of shocks me. But um, I don't know Borderlands three also, or not Borderlands three, Kingdom Hearts three, number eight for the year of 2019. Mm. That is even though I know it came out in 20 uh, in January 2019, like I did not know that game had legs. Um, that that's crazy to see. But uh, the very last thing I want to talk about, the top. 10 selling games for, or I'm sorry, top 20 selling games for the decade of 2010 to 2019. Okay, that sounds interesting to me. So, I'm going to start from number 20, and I'm going to work our way up to number 1. And you're going to see a lot of repeats, I'm not going to lie. So, number 20, Star Wars Battlefront 2015. That's number 20. Number 19, Breath of the Wild. Number 18, Destiny. Number 17, Battlefield 4. Number 16, Battlefield 1. Number 15, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Number 14, Mario Kart 8. Number 13, Skyrim. Number tw- Wait, number 13, Skyrim. Number 12, 
Modern Warfare 2019. Number 11, Advanced Warfare. Number 10, Minecraft. Number 9, Black Ops 3. Number 8, World War Call of Duty World War 2. Number 7, Red Dead Redemption 2. Number 6, Call of Duty Ghosts. Number 5, Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Number 4, Call of Duty Black Ops Modern Warfare 3. Number 3, Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Number 2, Call of Duty Black Ops 1. Number 1, GTA 5. <laughs> so, what? Between the between 2011 and 2019, we had uh, 10 Call of Duty games. I want to point out 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 of them. All 10 of them are in the top 15 selling games of the decade, including Modern Warfare 2019 and number 12 that came out this November. Anything shocking to you in that top 20 list? Well, Call of Duty Ghosts selling as much as it did. That's kind of funny to me. Number six. He said number six, and it's outsold things, even including like the original. No, the whole Call of Duty Modern Warfare thing that we released last year. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if Call of Duty Ghosts. Here's my thing, though. I wonder if they include like resales. Because Call of Duty Ghosts was the game that came out. That came out in 2013. So that yep. was on all four consoles, PS3, 360, Xbox One, and PS4. Uh-huh. I wonder if that made a big difference. That's probably the only that, reason that number, number six. Because that was like the most, probably of all of the Call of Duty games, the most forgettable since Call of Duty 2. Right, right. GTA 5, there's no surprise. That thing was selling gangbusters for years. Yeah, it's been it's been in the top twenty MPDs since it years. came out. Yeah, over, over almost eight years now. It came out twenty twelve. Right? <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it's pretty pretty incredible. Like you look at Marker eight at uh, fourteen. I want to know if that includes Wii U and Switch shells. Because that, that that's something I I wonder about. Breath of the Wild. Being at number 19, that's pretty cool to see uh, a launch title in 2017. Um, but I don't know. It makes sense. What We have um, what, what we have every Call of Duty game that come out, came out this decade is on the list. But you look at it, the rest of the list is, is what we have one, two. We have two Rockstar games. Minecraft makes sense. Skyrim makes sense. But like we have the Battlefield games makes sense, I guess. Destiny kind of makes sense. But you look at the rest of it, like if that's non AAA style, like Minecraft, number ten. Mario Kart eight, number eight. Like, that's pretty incredible to see. Like, I, yeah, it I, is. I think I think it's cool to see. I don't know. I, I'm not a Minecraft guy whatsoever. Like I give, I've never played a second of Minecraft, but um. I don't know. We're, I don't know. It, and that doesn't even include digital sales. Like where I wonder where that game could be and I wonder where Minecraft Kart eight would be if it if it included digital sales digital sales. Hmm. Probably at number five. Yeah. I, hmm. Yeah, I believe that. Behind Marvel for three, two. It's crazy. Like look at the top ten. It's one, two, three, four. 
If you look at the top nine, actually, all but two games, Red Dead Redemption 2, and number seven, GTA 5, and number one, the rest is fucking Call of Duty games. It's it's incredible to me. That <laughs> like, it, like, it makes sense when you break it down, but to see it on paper blows my fucking mind. That like Shows how dominant that online shooter was. Yeah, even like game. when we like even when we talked about like I remember talking about like beginning of the podcast, like when we first started doing Drunk Dashers podcast, like uh-huh. uh you know Call of Duty it's slowing down, it's not like it was. <laughs> but there's still an audience there. Like oh, I knew that, but I'm like it's slowing down. But you <laughs> you break it down, you look at it, it's like, oh shit, even in his quotations bad years. Like it did extremely it's, fucking yeah. well. Blow yeah. it's insane to me. Because people just go online and play. They don't really focus upon a lot of the campaign aspects of it. Yeah, and for a long time, like we talked about, we we talked about many times on the show. It's like even like a mediocre Call of Duty year, even like in the 360 beginning of the PS of this generation, PS4 and Xbox One. It's like or just before Rocket League came out. It's like. Call of Duty was like the one game that all of us had in common. Like we want to, we want to hop, we get in a party chat. Let's play a game together. What do we got? What do we got in common? Well, we all have Call of Duty, or we all, you know, it's like that was it. That was the beginning of the end. or Battlefield uh, three or whatever. That was the beginning of the end. Where it's like now it's like well, Rocket League, Division two, Division, uh, Call of Duty, Star Wars. You know, like that was Destiny. You know, so it's been a crazy time. Um, this last long story short, this decade's been pretty fucking crazy. Yep. Um, but yeah, that Gables, we are finally at the end of all of our topics. Um, <laughs> this recording session, I'm gonna look it up right now. We are it's over almost... three and a half hours in. Yep. It's been pretty insane. Um, yeah, it has. We haven't even done our game of the, game of 2019 list yet. I know. I know, right? I made my list. I'm not gonna. Let, I'm not gonna lie to you, Gables. Um, do you want to do it tonight, or do you want to do it another night? Let's do it another night, dude. Oh. This is gone on way too long. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. Uh, I am free Wednesday night. If you want to do our top, our top ten list. Let's see. Wednesday night may be a little bit of a problem, though. I think. Let me double check here. Okay. I need to double check. Is it Wednesday night or Thursday night that I'm not available? Oh, well, actually, it's Thursday night. So, yeah, we can try a Wednesday night. Okay. Because I, I... Have you made your top ten list? Let me double check. I believe I have done a top ten list. For 2019. Yes, I have. Actually. Because I've also done top ten list. I've actually made a top ten... Top fifteen list. So, um... Oh, you did. Nice. Yeah. So, um, I, I this is probably gonna be broken up in two episodes, and then the next couple episodes will probably be our top ten list from last generation or last year. I'm sorry, uh, 2019. So, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Wow, I am. I'm not gonna lie to you, Gables. I I just oh, wait one second. One second. You hear this? Yeah. That's that's white call number eleven right there. Oh God! I am fairly drunk, more than fairly drunk. I'm really drunk. Um, so yeah, 
thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, um, we are on, we are on Facebook, we are on uh, Twitter, we are on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Twitch. Check us out in all those places. Drunk Dashers Podcast. Um, subscribe, buy star review, write us something nice. Just follow, like, whatever you got to do. Check us out in all those places. Leave us like make us you know make us something. Make it so it's not so it's nice, because uh, we really uh, would appreciate it um, if you guys did all that. Because the more you do of that, the more likely it is that someone else sees us. Um, it's been a it's been a few weeks since we've done this show. We sat down, recorded this podcast, but obviously, I don't. We love doing the show. I fucking love doing yep. the show. I miss doing the show. Um, it's nice taking like a week off and recording like a bunch of shows at one point in time. But like after a couple weeks, I like I get that itch. It's like it's, doing the show is a drug addiction, and I miss doing it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening to us. Uh, we'll be back shortly with our um, our game of the year show for 2019. Uh, but I've been your host, I've been Tyler, and I have been Colonel Gable. So until next time, everyone, play yourself some good games, have yourself a good night, and at the same time, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. And hey, Gables. Yeah? Too sweet. Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya.